Hey guys, welcome to Coffee Table Chat. This is my first ever podcast, so who knows what's about to go down in the studio today. <laughs> studio being Sam's lounge room. I have my mate Sam Miller and my other mate Jonty Hurt. Both of these boys actually spoke at my 21st. I'll let Sam introduce himself. G'day guys, I'm Sam Miller. I'm a musician and keen to join Josh today in his first podcast. Uh, and I'm John T. Hurt. I am the most educated and uh, well-round person you ever hear on this. Um, I can't think of a negative thing to say about me, so... <laughs> <laughs> and with that introduction, we are off to a great start. I am hungover, seedy, and uh, scattered, so my uh, <coughs> input... This conversation would be very useless. <laughs> no. Yeah, we, I don't know what we're going to get with Jonty, but I just told him that I wanted to do a podcast the other day and he's shown up, so hopefully add some good value to the chat. But um, Sam has done some pretty cool things. He's actually just come back off a cruise ship. That's correct. He was, mate, yeah, where'd you go? Yeah, so spent the majority of the time in the Mediterranean Sea. Checking out Greece and Italy, France, a bit of Croatia, and ventured to across the Atlantic to Bermuda, Puerto Rico, a bit of Miami. So it's been been a bit of a whirlwind the last six months, and I'm back on land. So I've seen some faces. One of the the topics actually today was traveling solo, which is actually pretty sweet because all of us have done some solo travel in some way, shape, form through different avenues. Yeah. So, I actually started traveling with Jonty. That was my first kind of trip abroad where I branched off and we went to Vietnam. And then Jonty and I went to Laos and Jonty stayed in Laos for a while. I went to Cambodia and then I went to Hawaii. And the plan was to, I was actually just going to stay in Hawaii for a week and then go up the American coast, but I just hate the cold. And I ended up staying in Hawaii for three months. Sam, is, I know Sam has kind of inspired me to travel because I've known Sam for a long time. And he actually lived in Vanuatu. Vanuatu. <laughs> when we were in primary school. Yeah. And, and Samoa. And Samoa when I was about one. So I don't okay. remember much of that. We'll write that one off. <laughs> but Vanuatu. I just remember in, when I was probably like six years old, I was emailing Sam and he sends me a photo of scuba diving. <coughs> probably 12 metres under. I was like, mate, it's just astounding. Yeah, quite an experience at a young age. And so we set up the travel, the travel bug early, I think. Yeah, definitely. Chance? Yeah, um, when was it? Three years ago, four years ago? Three. 2015, I reckon? Yeah, it was, uh, so it was. You, me, and Gakul, or Chris, Chris and Lockie, Scott, um, and it was good. We went to start off in Vietnam. We were there for a month and uh, just started at the bottom of Vietnam and worked our way up. Pretty and common route for yeah, a lot of travellers these days. Yeah, so um, that was awesome. And then um, where did we go after that? We went... You and I, we went to Laos. Laos, yeah, exactly. And, and we, we stayed in Luang Prabang for a little while. I probably did not pronounce it was, that it was, correctly. What, it was a week in Laos together and then you left? Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, that's all right. I remember that. Um, and then we, and then I stayed in Laos for another week after that by myself, and uh, that was that was hard. I remember when you were leaving on that. <laughs> <laughs> we stayed for the week. <laughs> we the, yeah, and then uh, you you left, and uh, it was it was scary in the fact that because we were with each other the entire time, just being in a country, but you felt like you're by yourself because you know no one. And everyone we knew was like, why are you going to Laos? Yeah, we knew nothing about it, but it was good. It was really good. And uh, you just felt so homesick at the start. Oh, I did. I felt so homesick for like a three or four days. And then after that, you just start to get get, get used to it and realise that it's a holiday. And I reckon uh, that was that was really good for me because you just learn to rely on yourself. I reckon that was a massive point in my life where I just learned to rely on myself and um, going from there I went back to Vietnam and again that was a little, a little bit depressing for me because we had been there, it was four guys having a blast and you go back there and you're by yourself and you just so, yeah I remember I was FaceTiming you got your voice every day, <laughs> I was so sad but then you, you just start making friends, you got no choice you got to make friends and it was actually awesome it was such a learning curve for me and then Went to um, Canada after that and met up with a few f- family friends and whatnot. And then um, from there went to America, met up with my auntie and stuff like that. Went back to Canada after that and then went home. So it was awesome. It was surreal and I, I still think about it fucking every week to this day. So love it. Bring on the next one. What do you reckon or how do you reckon you learnt to just deal with being by yourself well, the challenges of travelling solo it was uh, we just it's so cliche but like I left I felt like I left as a boy came back as a man in the sense that you don't, you don't have mummy and daddy to wipe your ass for it you know what <laughs> I mean like it's just yeah you, you, you're in control of yourself you're in control of what you do what you eat you know you gotta go and wash your clothes and stuff like that like it's just it's it's all the little things. Yeah, like, and, and oh, even... I actually do have to wash my clothes. <laughs> yeah, and it's as well, because you have no idea about the country. Obviously, you don't know where you're going. You have to get up maps and yeah. <laughs> actually do independent work day to day to get by. And then you just start getting good at it. And it's... Uh, you've got no choice. That's why. It's the hardest part is booking the tickets and, right. and doing it and, and accepting the fact that you're going to be alone. Yeah. And then... And then uh, once you're in the deep end, yeah, handling it face on when it comes. But um, you just got to put yourself in it. People yeah. are scared. A lot of people. I feel like a lot of people are scared to do that. You don't like. There's not heaps of people that would go and do that by yourself. Like what you did when you went over to Hawaii, or you when you're going on your cruise and stuff like that. It's just people. It's scary. It's people don't want to be alone. And uh, you know, it's all it's all good and well when you go with your mates. You go on a trip. We went for that. We went for that month. It was awesome. You, you, you always got company, and you don't feel alone. It's not things aren't scary. You're having fun. It's yeah. just all in the moment. And then, um, yeah, when you're by yourself, you've got to learn to have fun by yourself. Mm. That's the hard part. Yeah, hang out with yourself. Yeah, le- learn you and you man. learn about yourself, man. Yeah. Like you learn. Yeah, you got to enjoy your own company, and people. It's tough for people to do that. So. I, uh, it's good. I, I know that I can do it because I've done it now. I know I can do it in the future. And, 
it's a sweet way to see the world, just to travel by yourself. And I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying that you shouldn't travel with other people or whatnot, but it's definitely. A, I think it should be on everyone's bucket list to go to go to another country and be by yourself and just at some stage in your life, just a little bit. Same. For sure. You don't have to go and travel for four years straight. No, no. Like, even if it's just a month yeah. or three weeks by yourself, you can mm. learn a fair bit, I think. Absolutely. And I think it's important to distinguish it from a holiday, a standard like, relaxing holiday. It's a different... It's a completely different mindset. Yeah. It, if you're going to relax and come back kind of chilled out, ready for work. Yeah. I think that's another reason why some people don't don't want to do it because it's it's quite challenging and tiring oh. to take care of yourself. The and way I keep planning everything, you know. Travel at times is extremely tiring. Yeah. Like more so than day to day life. Yeah. Getting yeah. up for sunrise, then hiking all day, getting home at eleven and then doing the same thing again off three hours sleep. I'm saying. Yeah. Don't think everyone always sees that part of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and as well, I, I like to think of it as when you you, you got to remember that it is a holiday. It's what you said. Like it, it is, even though it's tough and you're by yourself, you got to remember that it's a holiday. And you ha- realistically, you're seeing things that you'll remember for the rest of your life. And it's yeah, it's just such a highlight reel. And you compare it to people that you know, the people that go. And join the Defence Force and they do boot camp for 11 weeks. They go to Kapuka or something like that and they do boot camp for 11 weeks. That's not a holiday. That's hard. <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of hard work and you're by yourself. You're with other people that are in the same position but realistically you're by yourself. You've got to rely on yourself and that's really tough. You don't get it. It's not a holiday at all. So when you think when you think about that and you compare about when you think about how much harder it could be you're you're on a holiday. You're seeing awesome things. You're eating out. You're meeting friendly faces. No one's in a bad mood when they're traveling. Like you can't, it's so easy to make friends. You make friends for life. It's exactly what you did when you went over to Hawaii. Now you've gone back there seventy three times. And you, <laughs> it's like a second home. You've got yeah, exactly. You got people that you can instantly call or get up. You get out your phone and say, "Hey, mate, can I stay here tonight?" And if, yeah, that's awesome. That's insane. So absolutely. Yeah, I think when you travel solo people are like oh I'm traveling solo but it's like you end up meeting way more people because it forces you to like, yeah. put yourself out there you actually have to go and start a conversation with someone or actually then you're just talking to no one the whole day which and once you've done that once it's like starting a conversation with someone new is so much easier yeah once you're forced into doing it or you force yourself yeah to break through Absolutely. Yeah, tell us a bit about the cruise, mate. Yeah, well, that was a sort of... Uh, a lot of people go f- for a overseas work option. Just a quick background school. on the cruise. So Sam is an unbelievable musician, and hopefully he might do a little summer something at the start of this, and that'll be our intro <laughs> song into this. But Sam did three years... Yeah, you I, I, Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam did three years at the conservatorium in Adelaide doing jazz. Yeah, jazz performance um, on on the drum kit. And but he's a magician on the guitar as well, the piano, like all sorts. So that's how Sam kind of 
he didn't just jump onto a cruise ship and stayed on it for six months. Yeah. He set himself up. Set himself up, got the, the piece of paper that said yeah. I can play music well and got went through an agency and, yeah, got on the ship. So it's probably a more qualified way of working overseas. Yeah. To most people going in a, at a bar or something like that. Or yeah, if I was to work overseas at the moment, he'd probably be under the table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless I'm taking photos. Yeah, yeah, which is a longer-term yeah. uh, prospect. But, yeah, I um, knew I was getting into a definite time of travel. The contract that I got offered was six months and two weeks. So that was very daunting, leaving initially, knowing that I'm guaranteed six months and two weeks to be gone. And if I didn't like it, it's a, a heck of a long time to just put up with it. But it, So it was a bit of a risk in that, that sense. And this was pretty much your first time going away solo. Yeah, first time away solo as well. And so initially there was a lot to learn new environment, a new home on the ship. So that was also an adjustment. I didn't get too seasick, which was great. And uh, what, what were you living in? Can you describe that a bit? Uh, shoebox. <laughs> 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 no, a ship is not a great place for a tall person. I'm, I'm about <laughs> nearly like... six foot five. And, but the bed was long enough, which was my main, <laughs> yeah. main issue. Yeah, but I, I met a whole heap of great people. Um, young and old, different nationalities. And when you live together, you're forced to interact at meals and with a roommate situation. So there there was constant opportunity to meet other people. So you are travelling solo, but really you're just surrounded by so many people, yeah. which I think happens a lot. Yeah. When you do sure. go and travel solo, you just end up, you can just joining with groups or families or I know it's happened to me a lot of times. Yeah. So you get a sense of like that almost family environment when you're living with people. But you breaking away from your own upbringing and culture and all that is really uh, frees you up to do things too. Yeah. And everyone is chill. You know, you can go out at a port, in a random port, say, I'm just going to go on my own and get a good day of, you know, you're a stranger in a, in a new place yeah. and you can always go back to the ship. Run, yeah. run us through a day where you just go out on an adventure by yourself. Yeah, well, I, I'll usually start when we went to some places multiple times. So yeah. the first time we visit a place, say like Venice, Yeah. Um, I'll just walk around as much as I can and see not even really look up the highlight places um because i knew we were going back a lot of times and i'd get more opportunities to tick off some bucket list things the highlight places in inverted commas usually for me just never the highlight places either very rarely yeah yeah you you sort of get roped into that mentality of well while i'm here i've got to see everything that people recommend and um, tick the things off. But I think the solo travel aspect is you just check out things on your own terms. You can actually do whatever you want. Yeah, and, and you're not forced to like 
something if it's yeah. disappointing. You can just, you know, when you're with a group of people, that's where the planning becomes quite essential. Everyone has to have their say yeah. on what they want to do. On your own, you can just go, yeah, vibe the place out and just base your decision on how you're feeling. I think that's why I like traveling so traveling solo so much is because I don't have to plan or I'm really bad at planning. Yeah. Mm. I I found that as well. That's exactly right. And I'm like how I am as a person is I'm not the top person that wants to see absolutely everything. And to compare that, like my sister, she went to Europe and she, and you're very similar in the sense that you, you very, you're very, very, um, active with what you do every day. Um, and I, I am quite active, but it's just when it comes to traveling and, and doing what you want to do, I, I kind of have the mentality like if it's not broke, don't fix it. And so when we're in Vietnam and stuff like that, often I'd go to the same restaurant a lot, like Min Tway's in Vietnam. Yeah. Like it was so good. So our favorite restaurant in Vietnam was Min, Min Tway's. Tway, yeah. I in, think um, she finished seventh. In Vietnam, Master Master Chef. <laughs> and uh, in Hanoi, yeah, it's awesome. You got to check it out. And um, yeah, I'd go there all the time, and I and that you can relate that to. I don't. I, I wasn't. I didn't have that motivation to see absolutely everything. It's just like you want to see what you want to see. You know what I mean? You don't have to just okay. I saw this tick. I saw this tick. You know what I mean? Like it's just that is the the benefits of being by yourself because you get to one hundred and ten percent do whatever you want to do. So. Absolutely. And I'm just lazy, man. Some days I just want to just chill out and start in the same place and just have some drinks and whatnot and relax. Some days are hard traveling though. It's just like, mm. you just cook. Go oh, yeah. Yeah. That hot. That, it's the humidity in Vietnam, I reckon, when you're there and it's so hot and it's just something different in the air. And if you're hungover, or <laughs> like for me, when we go out or something like that and I've had a big night. I remember we went out, when we went out and we went to that party island, uh, where was that? That was in Hanoi, wasn't it? That Remember the party island? In like we had we stayed there for three nights. Oh, Castaway Island. Castaway Island there. And the first night, the three, well, not you, but the other three of us, we got plastered that night and the next day. Just to put it out there, I have never had a sip of alcohol. Yeah, Josh. So never. this is where John T and I, I can't really relate. Yeah. Relate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so yeah, you've never touched it and, uh, it was, we've had this and it, oh, I can't remember, we had drank some cheap Vietnamese vodka, which rice was like, wine? no, it wasn't rice wine. It was, it was a vodka and it was, um, it was like $10 Australian. Oh, it would have even been cheaper. It was, I think it was something like $8 Australian, um, for this bot, this 700 ml bottle of vodka. And we've smashed this. And it has done a number on us the next day. And I was in a different place. I couldn't do anything. And if you wake up and it's hot Vietnamese air and it was loud. I just, and I look back at it and I'm, it's annoying. I, I kind of get annoyed when I think about it because it, it, we paid money for this and it was really good. It was really good. Castaway Island was really good, and yeah, you're with a lot of people, but I was so hungover, and I was so bad at handling my alcohol, that the next day, I just stayed in a corner, and just, I didn't do anything, I was, but, um, this is one thing, that's I, tough, yeah, I've never understood about traveling, is when people go away, 
and get smashed and then it's like they yeah. spend half their time hungover. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, well, you could have done that at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah. Two um, grand to get across yeah. the world. To- and you want to, um, yeah, obviously you want to do as much as you can when you're over there. Um, and even if it is going to the same restaurant or whatever you want to do, but, and it's, yeah, that's exactly right. Like for me, I plan on going back there. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'll definitely probably drink a bit too much some nights and be seedy the next day, but it's obviously, you're not doing it every single day, are you? Because if you don't do it every day, then your first half of your day, you're going to wake up and, and probably do nothing, and then you'll start getting back on it. And, and you just chew through your money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it is actually, they say how cheap beer is over there. It's a lot cheaper, obviously, don't get me wrong, but it's still like $2 or $3 Australian. You're having if you're having big sessions with a lot of guys, something like that. It doesn't matter what price it is. You're gonna chew through yeah. it. You're gonna go through it. And, um... and this is kind of how when I first went traveling, everyone's like, "Josh, how'd you go? How'd you afford that?" And it's because I, for me, one of the things was I didn't drink. I didn't really go out and hit the town as such. So every weekend I wasn't going. 80 bucks or 60 bucks on alcohol and then an outfit and it's like over time that yeah, adds up 100%. so it's like being frugal with your money to save up in the first place mm-hmm. like, yes yeah. on both ends whilst you're traveling and whilst you're home it's yeah. a big money saver for me yeah anyway sure. yeah and I guess earning money in my case yeah yeah that's awesome. made it um, really easy to decide on things to do in terms of money wasn't a huge uh, restricting factor. I had accommodation and food on the ship yeah. all You're the just time. Putting away money. Aren't yeah. You? Just and I, I prioritised experiences or, you know, must-see sites or must-do activities. And that was – I was fine with dropping a certain, you know, quite a bit of money yeah. on some things because, for one, they didn't come around too often. And two, I was, you know, not not spending any money on anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you look at that in terms of expenses, like no rent or food. That's a big one. No accommodation. Yeah. In terms of cost. So, Sam and I have both had free accommodation in different means. As Jonty said, when I go to Hawaii, I can just call on my mates and they're going to be there. And I've recently just come back from Hawaii for six weeks and I didn't I didn't pay a cent in accommodation. Luckily I have extremely good mates that were happy to give me a mattress on the floor and that was put a roof over my head. So that was my kind of free accommodation. Sam's was on the cruise ship, John T's was with family. If you're lucky to have family in different parts of the world I'd Or even family friends you'd be surprised how yeah, hey, yeah, they're so nice. Mm-hmm. I remember when I went over to Canada, it was, you know, I, the family I stayed with, I was friends with them in primary school. They lived, they came to Australia for one year. I met them the, the year we got along, and then they went back <laughs> to Canada. And then I messaged them, I just reached out and I said, hey, like, we hung out 10 years I'm ago. coming, yeah, I'm coming yeah. to Vancouver. Like, could I possibly stay? And they yeah. were straight away. And I stayed with them for like a month. Yeah. And not at all. I didn't have to pay a cent. They made me meal. <laughs> they gave me dinner. It was insane. It was, and it was just, yeah, it was such a good experience. That's it. Absolutely. And when you're traveling solo, it just opens that 
possibility up so much. Like For if sure. I was travelling with John T and he's like, oh, I got a mate, well, that'll be like, oh, maybe I probably can't have two of you guys. But if it's one, most people can accommodate yeah. one person. Yeah, that's like, true. It's, you can slot into a lot of yeah. situations. That is, one I person. think, the biggest beauty of travelling solo is that you can literally slot into so many situations purely because it's just you. Absolutely. But if it's like a group of four boys, it's like, what are you going to do? Or share a single bed or, or yeah. sleep on top of each other on the couch? Just yeah, makes it hard. that's a lot more planning yeah. for both parties to get that to happen. I would, I'll mention as well that uh, my brother did Camp America and yeah. got a lot of contacts as around the world. Did. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so did my sister. That's a big one. So I guess going for a like a volunteer project abroad or even in exchange or something like that is definitely another form of solo travel. It, yeah. You're essentially living overseas for a little bit. Yeah. Which is... You are, for sure. Mm. You adapt to it, yeah. So. Yeah. So that's a different aspect. You're not sort of traveling through places frequently um, like a holiday setting. You're kind of immersing yourself you immerse in yourself. one spot. Yeah. I think that's my favorite way of traveling. It's yeah. just I have gone from spot to spot to spot real quick, but it's like you don't see much. You don't get – that's like – Just get a taste. When we go to the same cafe or restaurant in Vietnam or the same one in Hawaii, you get to learn the staff. You know, you make friends, you see regulars, and it's like, all right, yeah. I'm part of this town. Yeah, that's one thing that the cruise lacks. It's a lot of samples of places. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, like day day trips. But having returned to some places quite a lot yeah. did help. Um, you got quite familiar with, say, Venice or Sorrento. Yeah. Places like that. Like my favourite trips were... Well, this year I was in Hawaii for six weeks and have been there for three months. I went to Norway for a month and it's like now I have good friends in both of those countries and it's because I was there for so long. Like you develop relationships. Yeah, you just know the streets, the shortcuts. Mm. So I think that's definitely my favourite way of travelling. Yeah. And it's a good way to meet people. It's like if you're just bouncing around, it's like pretty hard to make friends if you're leaving in 12 hours' time. Like you're not going to see them again. Yeah. Not for a while, anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Do you have any fears when you're traveling solo? Uh, I guess. Getting pickpocketed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange. I think after a while, I, I initially was really scared of that or really careful. And as the my contract progressed, I just got less and less worried about that. Yeah. I guess it's just getting comfortable and confident. Yeah. And, you know, if I did get pickpocketed five months in, I would probably be telling it very differently now. But I think your confidence as that grows, it deters pickpockets. You know, they see someone who looks Yeah, if familiar. you're timid, you're like, yeah. oh, easy target. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess being tall as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It probably yeah. helps. Fellas are- yeah, well, that's cool. the thing as well. Yeah, even like with your sister, like I was concerned for your sister when she was. So my sister is about five foot one. Yeah, and quite she, small, petite. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's just it's it's really different for 
a girl in those situations. Um, and it, I don't have, I, I had the same, I was the exact same as you. I didn't have any problems when I was traveling. Um, and I think that was, I think it had something to do with the fact that I'm a guy and I'm six foot two and you know, good luck. You know what I mean? Like it's not gonna, yeah, but it's, it's a lot different if you're a girl traveling by yourself or even if you're a, yeah, like you said, a timid, shy, small person, they can, t- they can yeah. target that out. And I mean, I don't stride when you travel, you know, yeah. absolutely. who's a bit of confidence. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do remember when uh, Josh and I, so when we went to Vietnam and uh, with us, like the four of us and every man and his dog was going up to us and I remember even your old man was coming up to me and saying, you know, oh, I got robbed in this part of the world and blah, 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 you got to be safe. And uh, and so we're, and I was so frantic about it and I, <laughs> we were so switched on when it came to it that it was too much, it was over the top. And I remember we got these bum bags that we they're not <laughs> they weren't even normal bum bags <laughs> they're the bum bags that you put under your jeans like they're the skinny ones the um, skinny ass ones that you put under your jeans yeah i still have it yeah <laughs> and uh stuff. and i remember we've rocked up we've rocked up to this uh this uh, pub and it was above our hotel and we've rocked up and there's these girls there with us and we're we're drinking and, and socializing and I remember I go to buy, I remember I go to buy this girl a drink and uh, I've gotten out my bum bag under my jeans. She looks at me, laughs. Her friends look at me, laugh. And we all look at each other and we t- I've never taken something off my fucking body that quick in my entire life. You just, it was that yeah. We're like you're just so frantic and you get Take what people say with a pinch of salt. Oh, the, I hate that. It's like people were so quick to tell you, oh, this place is dangerous. And then you ask and you're like, oh, you ever been there? And they're like, no, I just heard it on the news. And mm. like, well, of course, if it's yeah. on the news, they're going to try mm. to put. Like, you're not going to know until you're there. Like Adelaide's got a very high uh, serial killer per capita <laughs> thing. Yeah. But, but I feel... I would say Adelaide's one of the safest places, like because we live here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing. We've had so America could be one of the most dangerous places to travel. Mm. Right? And well, even and in, in a country like Australia, people that are coming here to visit and they're on holiday, you know, you're eating at restaurants. It's it's really civilized. It's it's um. It's a safe environment in that sense. And then when you go over to something like Vietnam yeah. and even the roads, you remember the roads, like there, yeah. there aren't traffic lights, people merge yeah. in, the pop, like the... I fell off. <laughs> yeah, the population is um, massive. It, that, in that situation, yeah, you can get pickpocketed or something, you know, anyone could yeah. grab you or, you know what I mean? It's it's very different here in Australia and especially in Adelaide. You know, you, it's just... It's a lot more organised, I'd say. Over there, it's very frantic and yeah. upbeat, and everything's going on. It's crazy. You've got to be aware. You just got to have your wits. About yeah, it. you've just Hawaii's got to be switched on. Crime right now is just through the roof. If you don't lock up your moped, guaranteed it's gone. Don't lock up your bike. See you later. Yeah. It's so like if you just have your head screwed off. Yeah. Like, just uh, in the back of your mind. Yeah. You don't need to be. It doesn't need to be anything ridiculous. Yeah. Well, even to this day, um, when people, uh, I remember I was traveling and, and someone was talking about India and the, the rate of, you know, women getting grabbed or yeah. this and that happening. 
and the rape and all that. And people were describing it. And this one girl I remember I saw in Laos, I was having, um, she was at the hostel and we were eating breakfast and she was talking about how um, someone grabbed her and groped her and all this. And I, to this day, I don't know anything about India. You know what I mean? And I've been in the back of my yeah. head, I've heard this one source and this poor girl that's gone through that and, and um, yeah, had to deal with that. And I, I, instant, I always think in the back of my head, oh, Jesus, what's India like? You know what I mean? I, do I really want to go there? And you No, know, you know I mean? It's different for everyone. And, yeah, you could be unfortunate and be that poor girl that got grabbed, but it doesn't – I don't think it should re- represent the entirety of the country. Yeah, you know the I mean? only opinion you should base it off is your own yeah, and your you gotta, experiences. Obviously, I mean, I'm not going to go to Afghanistan and just, you know, there are countries that you know for a fact, you know, you get get your head cut off. It's different. It's, all, <laughs> it's obviously different in countries, but like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, you wouldn't go for a backpacking trip through Afghanistan. No, exactly. There's certain countries that you don't. Supposedly there are some very good hikes over there, but yeah. you need personal security right now. So yeah, you got to do your research. You got to do your research. That's probably more a place you would get to through like a work avenue yeah. or something where it would be a risk to take a job there. But um, you would probably do that over going there on your own accord. Yeah, true. And once you're familiar with the place, you could potentially visit yeah. again. It's a risk. Everything's a risk, you know. Every time you get in your car, it's a risk. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like it's oh, it's don't different. Get me it's started on this. Time. People, <laughs> yeah, and then like, oh my god, it's just yeah. I just remember, and to this day, and like, I love your old man, but he does it all the time. Like you'll talk about the, the the bad experience he had or something like that, and I'll just be like, and it sucks. It sucks for those people, but it's like. People are just so quick to jump on mm. or just say like, oh yeah, just, this sucks, this yeah. is bad, this could go wrong. It's like, why don't you tell people about all the good things that happen and mm. promote a place? Yeah. All the great people you met. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I think it makes a better story in the end as well. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm not saying to <laughs> see you get broke or molested. Uh, yeah, it's like, that, that's but, something yeah. different. Like, <laughs> nothing good really comes to that. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> that's a whole different topic. Yeah, um, it's a different kind of I, But I think uh, when you're faced with challenges where sometimes you can go down the path of, oh, I should never have done this, like, um, like stressful situations. Yeah. True. But then yeah. once you get through that, in five years' time, that's like your main memory. Yeah, yeah. you look back and you're like, that's You don't the main say, story. oh, I remember walking to the beach yeah. and it was really nice. Like, you can do that here. Yeah. You know, it, it might be like a car ride from hell or oh, something like that where you're like, oh, what absolutely. am I doing? But, and then you're stuck in, well, in your memory. And, that's the, and when you say that, the first thing I instantly think of is when... I've got a few. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like we, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. When I, when I talk about when I was traveling at the start of this, this recording, um, like I always think about this stuff. There's so many memories you have and you'll never forget it. And it was just when we went, us four went on a, on a scooter ride. Like we went from Hoi An to, was it Hawaii? And we go. We went up on scooters. Yeah, and, and across the Hoi Van Pass. Yeah, and it, that was insane. 
none of us had written, and it's stupid when you look back on it and you and you tell other people we didn't have I don't even think our health insurance was covered by it I don't know no nah, I don't no one covers yeah you, exactly because and it's I'll I get on them I'll probably fall off one day I hope I don't but yeah that's yeah, life. yeah. <laughs> that's and funny. uh yeah and we've done this right and it was insane Top Gear did it yeah they did an episode on it they did the exact same um like road that we went on yeah exactly and um it was insane yeah it was insane the population if you've ever been to vietnam or if you haven't there are cars and there are vehicles scooters everywhere people everywhere and there are no traffic lights how i said before the sketchiest part of that was the highway with the trucks people just pull out in front of you it was insane we all nearly died like (laughs) i missed a a truck pulled out in front of me oh that lorry yeah (laughs) and, and it missed me by half a meter Again, I hadn't ever ridden a scooter, so I wasn't an expert. And about 10 minutes before this, I go to pull out across the other side of the road. The guy in front of me brakes. I'm turning, hit the brakes, full over, just bought a brand new camera. Yeah. Petrol's pouring out of the scooter. I'm like, well, Scrape this knee. is going to blow up. Yeah. My knee hurts. Yeah. My camera's probably cracked. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> And he'll hate me for saying it, but Lockie couldn't, <laughs> couldn't ride the scooter. He was getting he was getting speed wobbles, and uh, he he got he got in uh, he got on the back of my scooter and um, held on to my waist like a good boy. And and then we we went off, and it was just insane. It was actually really good because he was on the back, so I had company the whole time. And when this was all happening and going down, and we saw you falling off, and we a truck's pulling out in front of us, and Chris is so far at the back that we can't see him anymore, <laughs> and all this is going on. It was pretty scary at the time, but it's to this day I'll always talk about it. I'll always talk about it because it was such a good experience. When you, it was yeah, it was, you can't get stuff like that anywhere else. So absolutely. Um, well, the time in Vietnam when that where were we at? hostel it closed, we all jumped on a bus with no no one told us where we we're going. We went to that kind of party club thing. It was just in this random yard, and there was the stage. And we were and you were on the pole on the stage. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what? And then, but after that, that, we just had no way of getting home, and we had seven of us in a taxi. I was on about two people's laps in the front seat and my daddy had the window. <laughs> the driver, that's the most scared I've ever been. The driver been. was high. The driver was high and I had my head against the window. Oh, it was stupid. That was good. The best thing, I was, I was the biggest guy on that trip, so I demanded the front seat in every car we got in. <laughs> and it was just everything smaller over there, everything. So, um, yeah, that was insane. That was dangerous as well. I don't remember that. Or another one was Europe last year. So Sam's cruise docked in Montenegro and I booked a little Airbnb in Montenegro, but it turns out they were four hours apart. I was like, well, there's no way I'm going to see Sam because I don't even know if public transport exists in Montenegro. So I booked a hire car and I arrived in Montenegro at about 10 p.m., get this little hire car, couldn't even... I was like, I don't know if I'm being ripped off or not because they don't speak English. Anyway, I get this little buzz box and it's a manual and I'm not a very good manual driver or stick shift and it's on the left-hand side. And in Australia, we drive in the right-hand side. I was like, I have to drive three hours in the dark in Montenegro. I can barely drive manual. Yeah, <laughs> but, let alone on the other side. Yeah. 
So I'd do a couple laps around the car park, chuck the GPS on, and then it takes me to the Albanian border. Get out. I was like, where am I? The guys don't speak English. Luckily, they let me into their office. I get maps up. End up getting to where I need to be three hours later. But that was a pretty scary time. I was like, it I could have gone wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it was so it gone wrong. dark. <laughs> but it's like one of the memories I have most of Montenegro. Yeah, yeah it's cool. So out of my comfort zone. And I, I remember, and I've said this, I've told this story so many times, and it, it would be the probably the most scared I've ever been. Um, when we were in Vietnam, we were in uh, Hoi An, and they we were at a backpackers, and before we all went out as a big in a big group, and right before we left. The uh, tour guide said to us, he brings us all in and he goes, okay, so when you go out tonight, the, the most, the first thing I need to tell you all and the most important thing is do not get on the back of a, of a scooter. When you leave a nightclub, there are going to be lots of weird, strange looking blokes on scooters <laughs> and they're going to want to give you lifts back, kind of like how a taxi works or an Uber. And they said, just do not get on it because they are renowned for ripping you off, taking your stuff. You know, they stories of people getting on the scooter and then the, the dude would take them out to a completely different destination and just drop them there. Like, it was just insane. And they told us that and they, they made it... You could just tell that they were really serious when they, to, when they told us. So, obviously, in my mind, I thought, okay, well, fuck, the last thing I'm doing is getting on this bloke's fucking scooter. So, we've gone out and it's like 2 a.m., and then we've, we're all walking out because it's closed. I think the, the nightclub closed at that time. And we're walking back and uh, a girl that was in our big group was way too intoxicated. And this stupid woman gets on the back of this scooter. And we're walking home and I've sobered up a little bit from the walk. And we're all, you're, I remember you were way ahead stealing my girl or something like that talking <laughs> some shit and I remember you're way ahead and so is Chris because he's done the exact same thing the prick and uh, and I'm walking there by myself probably just I don't know whacking lanterns off and being a smart ass and and, uh, and this girl has uh, I never whack lanterns off just to make sure of that as well <laughs> and this girl is on the back of the scooter drives past and uh, and no, 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 and she's so intoxicated that she's sloping to the left and right while she's on the back of this scooter. And so, of course, Murphy's Law, she falls off, whacks her face, her, her entire body's bleeding. I've seen this all unfold. And the guy, when she falls, the scooter turns to the side. This dude was a pro, so he jumped off the scooter. They were going like 40 kilometers per hour. The dude jumps off the scooter, lands on his feet. Nothing nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to the scooter, but this stupid woman <laughs> just got covered in gravel. She gets up. She stumbles to her feet, and uh, the, the scooter driver does not give two shits about this girl. He just goes, oh, oh, you hurt me. You hurt me. More money, more money. Again, I'm getting, I'm walking towards him, so I'm getting close. So I can hear him, and he goes, "Yeah, more money, more money." And uh, she's so she's refuses to give him more money. She's just trying to get her life back <laughs> intact. And the dude grabs her purse, snatches it from her, and starts 
starts going through it. Whilst this is happening, 20 dudes from right and left, and I'm not making this up, have just run over and circled her. Like it was just a massive, they've all come out of nowhere and they're all circling her. They're all hassling her, going through her purse. So with all this happening, and and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, well, this is, what do I do? Because I can either go up to her and try and help her or I can leave it and she could, you know, potentially get stabbed. You know, you don't know what's happening. And there were there were guys that ran over with knives. Oh, you know, I saw yeah. I saw dudes with knives in their hands, and my instant reaction was to go help her, even though she's a fucking idiot and didn't deserve it. But I did. I ran over and I <laughs> I helped her and I acted like I knew I acted like I knew who she was. So I've gone up to her and I've gone, oh Sarah. Sarah, yeah, we're, we're here because the hotel was right there as well. And I said, oh, Sarah, the backpackers is here. Let's go. Let's go. She's looking at me like, I'm not Sarah. Who the hell are you? <laughs> and I, you know, I've, so I've forced it and I've grabbed her and I've said, grab your shit. Let's go. And so she's tried to grab it. The guy didn't give the purse back. So I've gone over and snatched the purse back. The guy's tried to confront me. I've pushed him. And they're all little dudes, but there are about 20 of them. And I've pushed one of them. He's fallen onto his back, and everyone just stopped moving, and it went quiet. They, well, as soon as I pushed him, everyone stopped. They were looking at me. I had shit my pants at this <laughs> stage. I turned. I didn't want them to know that I was scared, obviously, so I've grabbed her. I've turned my back to them. The guy right in my rear view, I can see him with a knife. He's right behind me. I've walked off with this girl and her stupid purse, and I thought I was going to die. At that stage, I thought I was going to die, and luckily, they just stopped. They didn't do anything to me. I got away scotch-free, and I've given this girl a fucking word and a half. <laughs> I have said everything under the sun to this woman because she. we were all told specifically to not get on this scooter. The only thing that we were told and she's done that. And so I've, you know, I told her, you know, I've risked, I've just risked my life for you. She's so intoxicated. She doesn't know what's going on. The poor girl has just been <laughs> fucking eating the curb. And so she just went, she went she's to her backpackers. So yeah, man, like curbside quiche. And then she was, yeah. And so she went into her hotel and we well, went to the backpack and that was it but yeah to this day if anyone says what is the most scared situation you've ever been in that to that to this day that was always my go-to story so but it doesn't deter you from traveling oh yeah again that wasn't every day and that was rarity and that was the only time probably in my entire life where i've really felt like my life was in danger um so you've got to be aware and obviously don't be dumb like Drunk Sarah. drunk Sarah. <laughs> Get on a scooter. Absolutely. Yeah. But good times learn from it. Yeah, you didn't tell the story. Got through it, yeah, that's it. There you go. What a story. Yeah, well. What about on the cruise? You ever scared at any stage? Yeah, I guess the scaredness is more about um I've got a girlfriend. Yeah. So leaving that um, relationship, putting it on hold, sort of. Yeah. Um, I mean, with this day and age, you can contact each other quite easily. But, but you're just so far away. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And on a ship is very, very isolated. Yeah. Um, like, I'd try and WhatsApp Sam, and he's in the middle of... Yeah, connection's not ideal. Yeah. Um, sideways. Exactly. So it, that was quite tough. I and I guess I was scared going into it 
um, for, you know, that relationship, but also relationships with friends and uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty about going into something that you, like a ship, I've never been on a ship before, yeah, yeah. And, and the job itself, you know, uh, if wondering if I'm up to it, um, learning shows in a day, playing them that night, and yeah, just the professional ability, I suppose, and that was a really good challenge in the end, but sort of, I came out of it as a better reader of music, for sure. Coming out just a better human. Yeah, you mm. learn so much, you become a man. Yeah, so a lot of things. See, I just thrive I certain about. on uh, being uncomfortable. I love it. Yeah. Because it's like, that's how you grow, that's where your stories come from. Yeah. Like, that's how you develop Absolutely. as a human. So you could have stayed here, been in Adelaide, been with your girlfriend and would have been sweet. And yeah. probably maybe a bit better for the relationship yeah, the yeah, whole time. But for sure. you got through it. Well, it's stronger. only... And it's only uncomfortable at the start, you know what I mean? If yeah. you relate it to just travelling and go... And so what we've been talking about... Yeah. The being by yourself and doing this and not just staying in your cave where you've been raised and not yeah. ever going. There's so many people that don't ever go travelling, they just stay. <laughs> just get out of your bubble. Yeah. <laughs> just once, please. Yeah. It's... And once I did break out, it was, yeah, one of the best six months of my life. Just mm. a lot of, and a lot of, um, yeah, not a lot of resting, you know, a lot of getting out and about all yeah, the time all and experiencing things. Making and I, the most of your days. Exactly, yeah. And so, because I remember feeling quite tired before I just finished my degree, worked pretty hard on that. Um, Sam's work ethic is phenomenal. Sam has put himself through the ringer in school, <laughs> in uni. Yeah, so I came out of that pretty drained, but then I was worried about the longevity as well. Yeah. For six months is a long time if things are a bit of a grind, you know. But it, it wasn't um, in terms of the work and all that, but I certainly spent a lot of my days exploring a lot and you know getting out there and I felt comfortable in doing that after about three weeks yeah and I came back and it was sort of like hitting a roadblock you know you just, just like, oh, what now all this momentum and ideas and energy and suddenly just stopped when I came back and I suppose it's kind of like reverse culture shock or something. You, you come back to your home and nothing's changed. Yeah. It's, that's... it's nice that it's familiar, but then after... Yeah, I remember my, like my second day back... Three days it took me, yeah. yeah. And nobody wears off. No, I mean, it's yeah. It's so quick. It's yeah. the... Yeah. 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 The second day after I got back, I, I was just like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's my role? Yeah. Here? What? And I just sort I? of sat around and I was so like, you know, itching to go and do something and I'm yeah. like but uh, you know and I, I think I've sort of found my feet after a little bit of time you obviously settle back in yeah but it's but you now you've down. got new ideas new things to work on here that have sure. been inspired from yeah. being over there yeah absolutely you kind of go about things a little differently yeah and certainly the idea that I can go high energy for six months and feel great oh absolutely um, 
Went to Norway for a month and had seven all nighters. Yeah. Because the sun doesn't set over there. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. <laughs> I like sleep. I like sleep. Um no, I remember when I was in Sejuna. Yeah, Sejuna. So Sejuna just for the overseas listeners is a very small country town. That's tiny. Very and it's in country. South Australia. Mm. Down the bottom of Australia. And it's country as well. It's there's nothing going on in Sejuna. And if, don't get offended by that, but there isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't, you ain't, yeah, for our locals in Sejuna. <laughs> oh, man. And I remember going, I remember, I went there and I was with a mate and we, we went there. And uh, I remember talking to a girl my age. She had never left Sejuna, ever. She, for, for when I was, I was 20 or no, I was not younger, maybe 19. She, for her first 19 years on this planet, she has not left Sejuna. And she wasn't upset about it either. She had no aspiration or, or goals to see the world. She, and she told me as well, she said, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. I don't want to go anywhere. I like it here. Mm. And I, I still think about that. Like this, I cannot fathom how someone, it doesn't matter if it's New York City or if it's Sejuna, you you got to say, surely you've got to go see the world or see other yeah, areas. Just see something else. Yeah, and, and she was so content on just staying in Sejuna and not moving. I can't believe it. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on the reasons. Yeah. If it's yeah. out of fear or... Yeah. But yeah, there's I, different I, ways. Like, you can't force someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm not... I don't, uh, I don't know shit, but I'm just... From my <laughs> from my point of view, it's just... It's very hard. So yeah, like this podcast has been very travel-focused. Yeah. But the kind of overarching point is, like, I get some people don't want to travel. That's fair. Mm. Maybe yeah. go away for two weeks. But even if you don't want to do that, go and do something else in your hometown or... Yeah. Change something in your life change that makes you up. a little bit uncomfortable. Change yeah, it's good, man. Change makes you want good. to try something else. So go and join a book club and talk to six new people and discuss some cool ideas about yeah. a book. You know, yeah. Go and actually just try enroll in a new course or yeah, yeah try a new hobby and stick Create to it something. for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's as good as a holiday as going overseas for some people. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've talked about travel a lot, but it's like. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely label this travel podcast. outside your comfort zone. Yeah, maybe that's right. You definitely label this podcast as our traveling experiences. You know, oh, for it's sure, just, that's what it's been. But you could, I mean, I could go on for hours. I could go on for hours because it's so you just love talking about it. I love hearing about your travel experiences and yours. Like it's just. Yeah, most, as soon most people as someone has told topic, me they've like been somewhere, I'm like, just tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, it's intriguing. Places, yeah, like, yeah, really intriguing. When I moved to Sydney, I was working in a running shoe shop, and the guy that started there with me, his name's Adam, and he was thirty, and he's like, "Yeah, I've just come back from traveling around South America," and I remember I was like, "Oh, we're going to get along so well." Yeah, I was like, he probably was like, "This guy's nuts." I'm like. I was like, we are going to be friends. I know. That's what I said to him. I was like, because I just knew he was going to have cool stories. <laughs> I was like, this guy's going to be fun. And yeah, like, we are great mates. It's cool. For sure. But uh, another topic which kind of <laughs> leads into it all, um, which people 
messaged me about is how to be more positive. And I think when you're traveling solo, you can get in a bit of a rut. Definitely. How do you, Sam? It's probably, mate, you're in a shoebox. So Sam's on the bottom level of a of a cruise ship. No, no, no windows. No windows. I thought that was a bit sketchy, but. Finally getting a slice of a female touch and now you don't have it anymore. You're over in this boat. <laughs> you're missing her. You're in your shoebox. That's it. Yeah. It is tough. <laughs> Loud Americans are screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You don't like the food that they've been served? I'm sure there yeah, are plenty the of... The food was bloody amazing, though. <laughs> so that was huge. Well, is it, was it the same food every time? Ah. Uh, it was on like a rotation, but yeah, there's a lot of variety every time. Like, okay. Then you can buffet. stock off in Italy and go and have yeah. some of the world's best pizza. Yeah. So. so the thing about the ship I was on is it was small and quite unexciting on the ship, but it docked pretty much every day. That's yeah. cool. That's and cool. so that I didn't mind sleeping in a shoebox when I just spent 10 hours walking around Italy. Yeah. And... You know, I was knackered, and I'm like, well, I'm just here to Doesn't sleep. Doesn't matter where you sleep. Yeah, exactly. You're tired. Yeah. And I'll just go. <laughs> if I had to hang out on the ship, there was a nice open deck area. Um, you know, get a tan on and read a book or something. And the staff eating area had some nice windows, which is a novelty. <laughs> um, but, you know, lots of tables and that just to yeah. chill out grab a coffee or something so overall like i didn't do much living in the in my cabin yeah you know yeah i made sure i did a lot of that outside yeah so it made me sleep the shower you know all the essentials the the bathroom is tiny you could yeah shower and shit at the same time <laughs> if you want and shave yeah do all shower and shave but staying positive? Staying positive, yeah. That's an interesting one. There's certainly some... Sam's not a negative bloke in any means. He's like got a pretty positive disposition Yeah. Yeah. It, but you can get bogged down as well. I think particularly in the crossing of the Atlantic Ocean, we we had six sea days in a row. And that, that was very tricky to stay positive because you're just very isolated in terms of you're three days away from land. Yeah. Um, but I guess just setting up a good group around you, yeah. like finding some good friends on the ship and having having chats with people at home. Yeah. Like keeping all your support base kind of... Keeping your core group. Yeah, keeping them in, the loop. in contact, yeah, in the loop and just... Showing interest in what they're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. That's a, yeah, for me, it's like people. I yeah, just love yeah. people. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like having people to talk to. It's like you're in a bit of a rut. Go and have a chat to someone. Yeah. So go and actually ask them some questions. Hopefully they ask you some back. Yeah. And I guess shifting, shifting your focus. Yeah. If you're getting caught in a mental... Um, I found earlier on sometimes, like, just whole days I would be unhappy. Like, yeah. just sort of catch myself frowning or just in, like, a stress, like, cluttered 
state. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, I've just been walking around in Italy, yeah. like some amazing place. Uh, put things back in perspective. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. But the, I guess I, I realized that you can be unhappy anywhere. That, that's the, the big thing I realized at that yeah. point. I'm like, I'm on like this dream yeah. thing, yeah. but I'm not stoked. Nah, and, yeah. That's okay. It, but it's it, important to recognize. I'm like, I, I can't be stoked all the time. That's yeah. ex- and that's exactly but, what I was going to say as well. Like it's, it obviously everyone's different and you do what works for you. But for me, mm-hmm. when I'm in that position and it's exactly what we, we reflected on earlier, um, you know, you're in a ho- you're on a holiday or you're seeing the world and you, you know, you look around and it's a beautiful sight and you still find yourself sad some days and all that. I yeah. kind of just look at it as I'm, I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive with other people and I'm very competitive with myself. And so I'll always, I'll always try to turn it into a challenge. You know what I mean? Like if you're sad and you, and you look and you're, and you're thinking, Oh, well, I just want to go home or I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Or like, can people just stop talking? Like all this <laughs> yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you're just fed up sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. you gotta, you gotta be like, okay, we'll just turn, like, I just think of it as like, well, you gotta get through it, mate. Like you got no choice overcome it you know what I mean that's yeah. what I do that's what I try yeah. to do you know what I mean um, it's easier said than done but oh, yeah but you got to look at it for what it is you know what I mean it's just mm. a challenge it's just something you gotta, you've got to you've got you can dwell on it and and potentially be sad for an, an extended um, period of time or you can realise it for what it is and uh, just, yeah, try to surpass it, try to overcome it. So, yeah. Going back onto Sam's point of, it's like I'm in an unreal place and I'm still upset. Mm. I think people have like destination addiction or they put their happiness in getting to a place. Yeah. So you've got to be happy with yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, just because I've made it to the other side of the world and I've waited all this time and it's finally here, I'm going to be happy. It's like you can't wait for other things, other places to make you happy. Yeah. You can't just chase it all the time. Yeah. I think... So you got to bring it out within yourself. Yeah. yeah. Get your routine. If it's getting up, like in the morning for me, it's having a good brekkie, maybe writing some notes, putting some thoughts on paper, kind of like streams on everything in my head. And it's like, all right, thinking clearly, going for a swim, going to the beach or whatever. Like having you, knowing what makes you happy and doing that doing that if you can absolutely I think also identifying what the cause is or trying to sometimes you might just be knackered from you just you know you've had some a big week in travelling which is pretty easy to imagine you've been on your feet for yeah a lot of hours and you just you know have a big night maybe and then back it up off yeah. very little sleep yeah doing a big adventure and it just catches up to you sometimes like you're not superhuman yeah you, you can drive yourself along but some, I try to be <laughs> yeah yeah and when you're travelling I think people do try to be they yeah. try to make most of it sometimes you can sort of just you got to know when you need a break everyone yeah. needs rest you know what I mean like you might be physically knackered and because of that it means that you're mentally drained you know what yeah. I mean you're upset yeah. that you sort your feet are sore or you can just be genuinely mentally knackered yeah you could yeah, be fried you could yeah, yeah. Sweet, but mentally mm-hmm. you're cooked yeah so I guess you got to like 
you want to experience as much as you can, but sometimes you got to cut your losses and just <laughs> just have the day of relaxation. Get, That's get a twelve one. hours sleep. Like just, just get a huge a, sleep. Just have a day. You know, just yeah. go through your rhythm and have a day. Nothing's better than a day of doing nothing. Like I'm all for doing lots of things as many days as you yeah. can and all that, but there's nothing better than a day of doing nothing. Just lying in bed and just <laughs> yeah. watching Netflix, chilling out and not responding to anything. Yeah. Sometimes you need it. Yeah. A recharge. Don't so, Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be careful not yeah. to do that all the time. Oh, I got, exactly. It's <laughs> just that, like eating chocolate. You don't do that all the time. Yeah. You do everything in samples. That's it. Yeah, we kind of just ticked off another one. Another. I've got a little notebook here of things that people message me that they might want to hear about. And, yeah, one was taking care of your body. It's just like, and it's taking care of yourself. Oops. Uh, taking care of yourself as well. It's like you just got to. Have some self awareness about it. You know, if you do need a day off in yeah. the mix of it, it's like, man, just chill. Yeah. I, I read something very interesting recently about uh, taking care of yourself as if you're taking care of someone else. Yeah. A lot of people, if they're given, if they're responsible for someone, yeah. They will go above and beyond. Go above and beyond. And like, if someone tells you, oh, I'm not going to, like, going to do an all nighter and then do this big adventure and all this stuff, um, you'd say, that's not going to end well for you mentally. Or, yeah, for sure. You know, or someone's working themselves into the ground, trying to do too much. And you would you know from an outsider's perspective and you can see people starting to get more and more scattered and like... Yeah, unhealthy. Unhealthy. And so from an outsider perspective, you're like, I, I think you should just take a break or yeah, like take cut some things out. But when it's... I've found myself in that situation, you, you, you're stubborn and you don't want to yeah. let, That's any, a big let anything go. And yeah. you think, nah, I can do this, blah blah blah. And but you know that you Yeah, you think you yeah. think you're in, invincible and, mm. and others aren't, you know what I mean? But like, you can still feel yourself getting less healthy. Yeah. So I think that was an interesting point to just like treat yourself as if you're taking care like take care of yourself as if you're taking care of someone. Like on a, my friend said to me the other day, you know, on an airplane and they're like if the oxygen mask comes down, like fix yourself before you can help yeah. someone else. Because it's like if you're you're on strife, you can't put an oxygen mask on the little kid next year. No, nah. it's like, it's like mm. uh, smarter every day. A great YouTube channel. Um, the guy did that. He tested how long he can last um, with like no oxygen. Yeah, they they did that exact test, and he was cohesive. Like he could un- he could. You know, he was with it yeah. for, I can't remember how long it was, but maybe 30 seconds or something like that. But then he just, like, shut. Like, he he could no longer help himself. Yeah. So someone had to quickly do it for him, and then they switched the oxygen back on. Yeah. But it was just a test of, like, people who think that they're, they're in control, and then suddenly just, just, just flicked the yeah. switch, and he was, he was out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a good little metaphor. I like that. It's a good test. Yeah. What else have we got, fellas? 
don't know. It's, it's, dude, I can't even... You tell me what we just last spoke about, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fried, man. I'm fried. It's been a solid session. Yeah. It's good. No, it's good. Well, if anyone's got this far in... <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to, talking shout out to that, that Sajuna family. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is the first, first podcast of Coffee Table Chat. Pretty much what inspired this podcast is just, I just seem to go for coffee. I actually haven't been a coffee drinker for very long, so it's kind of silly that I call it Coffee Table Chat. What's well, the coffee not, table in front of us? Yeah, <laughs> but it's like I go for coffee so often and just have ripper life chats or just ripper topics. I'm like, I think other people wouldn't mind hearing about this or yeah, if you're sitting around the coffee table with your mates, like, oh, actually, I listen to this podcast and this is There's what the boys discussed. That's it. Might yeah. spark something in your mind or you might go about some a little differently. So, yeah. But thank you for Sam and Jonty for getting on board this one, no the inaugural worries. podcast. I'm good, mate. And that uh, ain't a problem. Hopefully there's many more to come. Yeah, that's it. We'll get, we'll get you drinking alcohol in your uh, celebratory 1,000 <laughs> episode <laughs> podcast. Good luck. Crack a bowl of Hennessy. Uh, just waters and great tea for me, <laughs> yeah. fellas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Nice. Well, Close the Our IT consultant can turn this off. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> yeah, Jim.